Welcome, friends, to the Friends That Carry On podcast, where we dive deeper in our trips, unpack tips, and everything in between. The one who holds the torch key is your host. Get ready for your ears to go on a trip with your favorite group of friends. Hello, and welcome to Friends That Carry On. We are a group of friends who like to travel as a group, and we try to encourage other people to travel, so we like to share our stories and tips as we go along, and hopefully inspire others to travel or join us on on upcoming trips. We can be reached on social media at www.friendsofcarryon.com, on Facebook at friendsofcarryon.com, and at Instagram at friendsofcarryon.com. We have a couple of affiliates I'd like to mention today. Today, I'd like to uh, give a shout out to Verbo and HomeAway. Both are actually owned by the same company, which is Expedia. And you can get uh, rent vacation homes all around the world and ever, everywhere else, usually cheaper than you would at a hotel or something like that. And if you have properties like that you'd like to rent out, it's a great way to put it out on the internet and have people come to your property. So anyhow, today, Friends of Carry One want to talk about the city of Prague in the Czech Republic. Prague is a fantastic city and we got to visit a few years ago. It was for my 50th birthday. We had... Uh, chosen a few places. Our ultimate destination was Oktoberfest in Munich, but along the way we stopped off in Tromsø, Norway to see the Northern Lights, and then we came down to Prague, which ended up being a fabulous city. Just to give a quick little background on Prague, it is the, the capital of the Czech Republic. It's situated on the Voltava Tiva River. I never say that right. <laughs> Voltava. Population in the heart of the city is 1.3 million uh, but the entire metro area is 2.6 million, which makes it the 14th largest city in Europe. Its climate is very similar. We're here on the eastern seaboard. It's very similar to that. It's you know warm in the summertime, cold in the wintertime, nice in the, the spring and fall. I don't know how else to, to really say that. And traveling around Prague was, was pretty easy. I uh, came into the airport. I did. I can't speak for Tony's experience, but I think it, he had other troubles on that whole trip. But the getting through customs all was pretty nondescript, which is a good thing when you go to an airport. So this is Brian. So what time of year were you there, Jim? We were there late September, early October. Late September. And, and so when you were there, the weather was like what? It was very comfortable. Very good getting around. I would say fall, fall like here at the fall. Eastern Seaboard. Yeah. I mean, you're anywhere in the 60s, the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, is that their fall? Like their fall lines yeah, up? Yeah, I think they're on the same okay. same parallels yeah. as us. Okay. Yeah, nice. nice. Same right. parallels exactly. as us as Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Yeah, Middle Atlantic. Yeah, well said. Middle Atlantic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, nice. Okay. Great city. It, it's obviously an older city. It was founded in the great Roman Romanesque era. In fact, it had a holy Roman Empire, Charles the Fourth, which is. Uh, a lot of things are named after and, and so forth there, which we'll get into in a little bit. And then lastly, just on the background of Prague, uh, the currency. They use the Kronen. The exchange rate is fantastic. You can use euros there, but the exchange rate, it makes everything cheap. It, it's 44 cents to the dollar, which is a fantastic exchange rate. That's currently. I don't know what it was when we were there a couple of years ago, but I mean, it's... All I know is equated to about $1.50 for a pint. There you go. So with that being said, is it better to take U.S. dollars or transfer to euros? 
It truly is either side. The, I mean, as we said, whenever we're traveling, the best thing to do, take the minimum amount of cash to get to where you're going to be and then take money out of the ATM because you're never going to get better transfer rates than you do out well, of your ATM. Well said. Exactly. Actually, yeah. do, do not do it at the airport. No. They absolutely... Only enough to get in your cab yes. or your Uber or your train, whatever, to get to where you're going to go and then find the first bank and take out your own cash. So to... Ask my question again. So you used U.S. dollars there? No. No, we used to yeah. yeah. drink. Because when you take out the uh, money out of the ATM, it comes out. It automatically changes. Yeah. Cool. Now we did. You guys rolled in from Trump, so you guys had euros. Right. I never exchange money now when I travel because I know I'm going to go back. So rather than lose that money constantly on the transfer back and forth, I just keep my euros or my pounds or sterling or whatever it may be. And, just take it back with me. So I had euros when I got there, but then we used credit all the time. But the best place to exchange is at the bank. I don't exchange ever. No. I just put my ATM card in right. ATM well, and pay money. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, guys, and this is Brian talking, we have Jim Wassel with us today for the first time. Jim's a, a local here to Shepherdstown and joining us for the first time on the Friends That Carry On podcast. He works here locally and is very much interested in the art the art community and and does a lot with uh, posting out there for lots of really cool artwork so anyway if you hear a new voice that's uh, Jim Wassel welcome Jim Glad thank, to you, have you, thank here. you for having me and uh, very much interested in traveling and architecture and art all over the world so this is really a privilege to be here so thanks well, well welcome aboard I did, for, I did forget to mention who all is here today we got Walt Palmer, hello, Brian Romine, Tony Price, and I'm Jim Scott, uh, trying to host the uh, the podcast today. Anyhow, getting back to uh, to getting into Prague, we, we like I said, we came in through the airport. It was a quick 20, 30 minute ride by cab. We stayed in Airbnb most of it. Well, you all were you were in Airbnb too, weren't you? Yeah, Tony? We, were. we weren't in the same ones. We were in the same square. Same square, right across the street from each other. Little fun fact for the one I stayed in was actually the same apartment that Mozart stayed in when he was in Prague briefly and was conducting his Don Giovanni Symphony in 1787, which the uh, the concert hall, which is the Estates Theater, was just a few few blocks down the street, right little way off the old town square. So that was a so, pretty cool little so how, so how did you find out? that? Did you know beforehand that you were staying in that, or did, was it just by chance? I didn't, but Terry Hall did, because he had been staying there before, and he's, he stayed there before and booked it, and there is a, a little plaque and all that. And there. I will say this. So that it's, it's the uh, Romerva Triangle. It's, it's just a little plaza area. It's about five blocks off the Charles Bridge, and it's just far enough outside the total touristy area that you're kind of in a in the locals area, but it's a, it's it's a little triangle. Like so, anybody's like DC in that kind of area, you're used to like the little triangles. It literally is a triangle, and these guys were like in one side of it, we're in another side of it, and Terry and them are in another side of it, and we all were kind of like you can look out, and, and there was great little pubs and places underneath of all of our places. So it was a great little area just to kind of hang out. And again, you're five block walk to everything, literally yeah. everything. Wow. Great so, cool so, so when you booked the place that went where Mozart was, mm-hmm. you knew ahead of time that's where he was. Terry knew. Terry knew. And so is it a premium to stay at a place like that or was it? Well, the, the nice thing about Prague is it's cheap. 
So, I mean, it was very inexpensive. I don't remember the exact number, but I know it was very cheap to stay there. It was it was a third floor apartment. There were apartments on different floors, but his was the third floor, and that's where we stayed. And they had totally renovated it, and it was actually, once you got in there, a two-story with a loft inside the apartment. So you had your living room and a couple bedrooms on the, on the first floor, and then a loft with another little bedroom. And then the dormers, it was kind of neat, and Walt's probably familiar with this, but the dormer, so your normal dormer, which is just the window, it actually opened up to the outside, and you could walk out to the dormer. So it was a neat little contraption yeah. that they had with, with the window okay. that made it kind of an open air dormer because it opened, you know, the way it opened up. So it was, it was a pretty cool apartment, very modernized. Was considered your, a, it was a lot older building. Was your view of the, the triangle or was it of the river? It was out of, no, we couldn't see the river from there. You can yeah. see the city okay. or parts cool. of that part of the right. city from there. I think where the, where the theater is, that, is that Whistler, Whistler Square, I think it is? That's about a block or two away from that. Right. Right. Let, let me ask you, did that make an impression on you? That Mozart stayed there. Did that really? Did you feel anything? Did you? I thought it was cool. So that's Pretty a neat. feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that would. But, that I mean, would it affect, was you know anybody who looks at history. It, it, it was yeah. From a history standpoint, it was. And then that that first day, we didn't get down by the theater. But a day or two later, we circled around. That's when it really kind of struck. So oh, this is. I can see why I chose here. It's kind of just down the street. And whatever I, I and travel, I mean, history and anything like that of the arts. That makes me that much. It inspires me to go right. to find out more about that person or you know what happened there. So I mean, that's and there is uh, in that triangle that over towards Winslow Square. There's several little tributes to yeah. That's really kind of cool. You don't really realize it until you're there after a few days. Because we were there what five days? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we were there for five days. So after right. a couple of days, you start getting acclimated to your environment, and then you you know you walk past something thirty five times, and you're like, oh. Yeah. So, I, I love that question though jim just you know about did you really did you feel anything while you were there i mean you're talking about i mean enormous history here with somebody like mozart that stayed in a place where you stayed in and whether or not it was it was something that you could actually feel or notice or or was it just an apartment you know and you kind of well, hard I, to tell. I, it takes on a different at least for me because i like history it does take on an extra little feeling you know yeah. hey this famous guy, in this case Mozart, walked these same steps, the same pathway to the theater, that type of stuff. So, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's very affecting. I mean, Terry, Terry Hall, I mean, from, you know, what we've exchanged, he really responds to all that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really any place that you do go, those are the things that draw you there. So, right. Yeah. Right. At least but, but nobody composed any music. You guys spend five days, yeah. and so Prague must have a lot to offer because it's, it's I mean, I, I'm thinking Paris has that. Yeah. Oh, I, I know, just got a little thing about we were talking about getting into it, and, and Joe was talking about coming in, and they came in from Tromso. And what's funny is just kind of, you know, we always try to give some tips on traveling. So this is one of those instances that things don't always go according to plan. Those guys had already left. Shelly and I were on different flights. She had already flown out. I was going out of Baltimore to New York, going out of JFK, and my direct flight was from JFK to Prague. Well, my flight gets delayed, 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 canceled out of BWI. So everybody's freaking out. You know, of course, I just 
thank God it was Delta. I called, you know, everybody saying a lot. I just called the Delta help desk and said, hey, what do I need to do? They're like, well, you have two choices. <laughs> There's only one flight to Prague every night, and you ain't going to make that one out of jail. <laughs> so <laughs> we can either put you up in Baltimore, and you can take the same flight tomorrow and catch it tomorrow, or you can get on another flight to New York, and then we'll put you up in New York. I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to do that. I'd rather risk, you know. So <laughs> waited around, jumped on this flight up to New York, and I get off the, the plane in New York. This is kind of a funny story. The guy, the guy is in front of me. Again, three people yelling at him about them missing their flights, whatever. This guy looked like he could play linebacker for the New York Giants. He's huge, and he's wearing a Delta red suit. <laughs> I mean, like red. <laughs> I mean, it's red. I'm like, wow. It's, power, it's a power club. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm, so I'm, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm just supposed to hit you up for you know uh, a payment voucher, but I just wanted to check. Is there any way you can get me across the Atlantic Ocean into Europe? I'll figure out how to get to Prague. I just need to get across the pond. He goes, hold on a second. Give me a second. So he gets on the computer, right? Comes back and he goes, there is one flight. Somebody else missed that flight. If you run, you can get that. It gets you to Amsterdam. And then it's like three hours, and then you can catch up. I'm like, so instead of landing at 11 a.m. in Prague, I'm getting there at like 6 o'clock. I'm right. Like, so I'm literally doing OJ something through the airport, running, right. jump in. I catch the last flight, get over to Amsterdam, set in Amsterdam airport for five hours, drinking beers, and hook up with these guys in Prague. Literally. I mean, I come in. They're sitting at one of the places that we were yeah. talking about on our little triangle. It's called the At the Two Cats. That's the name of the pub. <laughs> I cannot I speak it. it. I can't pronounce that right. in the Czech language, but it's At the Two Cats. It was the place we hung out a good bit right below. I walk up. Those guys sit at the picnic table, and you know, instead of missing the whole day, right. I missed like five, six hours. So, so like, it, yeah. A, a novel traveler like myself, I wonder. I mean, is this a Delta thing, or is this just because yeah. you ask? I mean, it's this just is, ask. This is just jumping in and not being afraid to ask. He didn't. I mean, this had nothing to do about me being having status on Delta. Nothing. I came off. I just asked. I was getting my uh, voucher. Yeah. I just asked him to check. It just happened that somebody else had missed this flight. There was a spot. It was close enough gate. I ran and I caught it. I got to Amsterdam and then he hooked me up with the flight from Amsterdam to Prague. Yeah. See, I think that, I mean, I think that's a wonderful tip for people like, like me that don't travel near as much or haven't traveled near as much as you guys is just jumping in and asking rather than sitting back and kind of throwing your arms up and saying, I, you know, I'm yeah. kind of, I'm kind I mean, of screwed What's here. your best advice to the novel traveler who is like, you know, you obviously, you can take any punches they throw at you because you're, what would you be your best advice for somebody who's traveling? And it's like all of a sudden they hit a wall. It, well, first is relax and don't mm -hmm. freak out. Stay calm. That, I mean, because it's going to happen. I mean, right. if you yeah. travel enough, this happens. Yep. It's just like you're going to get a flat tire if you drive a turn, right? So the big thing was is I knew that from Amsterdam or, or any place in Europe, there's got to be multiple flights to Prague. Mm -hmm. And by the fact that I knew that most of those go out at night, if I got over there by which would land in the morning, I would be able to get to Prague at some time that evening. Versus if I had stuck with you know the original plan, right. I wouldn't arrive till eleven o'clock the next morning. So be flexible, be resourceful, right? And well, go. So it was cool. So I literally went into. I mean, I did go to the lounge because I did have lounge status, but 
either way, you could have went to multiple places because you know Amsterdam Airport oh, yeah. ship I mean, you can go any place and hang out. I just went because I ended up stealing the shower there, but you could go anywhere and just hang out. I went to the lounge first, grabbed a quick shower, you know, and came back you out. What lounge? Well, it, so that was the Delta Lounge, but you know, if you, even if you don't have lounge sets, that's not the whole point. You could go anywhere and just hang out in the airport. Okay. I, I didn't hang out there very long, honestly, because there are so many cool places in Schiphol that I didn't really care about the lounge. I went in just to grab a quick shower because I'd been stuck at the airport the night before and I knew I was going to see these guys in a few hours. <laughs> I just went in and jumped in and got a shower and went out and then hung out, got some good food. I had some great dumplings, nice. <laughs> Chinese dumplings at one of the places. Nice. And it caught my air. My the point being is if you're willing to explore a little bit and go out of your comfort zone, you bought, what, a half a day in Europe because you were willing to go – and once you're in Europe, it's like being on the East Coast of America yeah. in some aspects. You know, if you get to Amsterdam, you know Prague's not too far away. Yeah, and yeah. there are trains and planes. But I just yeah. want to kind of make that point because, you know, we, we try to give tips. And that was one of those situations where it could have blew up and I wouldn't have been there until the next day. But I ended up, instead of getting there at 11, I met these guys up at 6 o'clock and had a good night. You know, yeah. was there for well, I think that's that's the big point there is is when you're delayed or, or when something goes wrong, don't just sit back and kind of take it. You don't be afraid to ask. And, and, and you might and, be able and to make up some of your vacation instead of losing yeah. eight hours or whatever. I mean, we did yeah. the same thing. We got we missed our flight by one minute in Boston. It was all right. the air in our opinion, the airport's fault because of the way it's set up. But it, because it's international, even though the plane was still sitting there, they wouldn't open the doors for us. But instead of waiting for the next flight to Madrid, we caught a different airline, British Airways, instead of Iberian, to London, and then caught over. So once you get to Europe, it doesn't matter where, you, you can easily get to whatever city your ultimate destination But, but if, if you hadn't been somewhat of an experienced traveler, you may have lost a half a day. Yeah. Well, you just lose just by not asking for this for Yeah, I mean, we, we, lost, it. we lost seven or eight hours, but we've lost a lot more. Yeah, right. I would still say, though, you know, in that situation, I was fully prepared not to be able to get it. I was going to grab the voucher. But again, I, I think, Brian, you, you did it when you went to Canada. It's one of those yeah. things that even if I'd been in New York, I'd gotten there at 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, I probably would have just cat grabbed the train. You know, and went out, had a late dinner someplace, right. hung out and enjoyed, and then got up the next morning and probably done the same thing, went to a museum, did something in New York before I had to catch my flight out. Yeah. So, you know. Your best advice is be flexible. Be flexible yeah. and, and realize you're going to have some of those delays and take advantage of what you can. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, yeah, just be thoughtful about what you're doing because, yeah, Tony, you mentioned Canada and, and Emily and I, you know, when we went to Paris last year. We, were, we had a 12-hour layover, so we hopped on a train. We went into Toronto, and we had lunch right there on the lakes. Yep. And then we were back at the airport, plenty of time to catch our flight out, but we spent four, five, six hours uh, yep. down in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, so, so just be thoughtful about well, it. Okay. Stay calm, and, and most importantly, stay in the moment. Yep. You enjoy it. You're on vacation. You're, yeah. you're on vacation, <laughs> and, and it's so, you know, like we all work for a living, and but like yeah. on, you're on vacation, re remember, and you have to tell yourself, hey, I'm on vacation. Yep. Stay in the moment and just enjoy the moment. Absolutely. If you can Absolutely. do yeah. that, so traveling so much easier. Getting back to Prague. Back I was going to say, that's the, off the, off the architecture. From where we stayed, Old Town Square is literally 
the city center, the old, the old part, and where everything sort of blossoms for Prague. It's certainly a medieval square with, and Prague's considered the city of spires. So you have a lot of churches and other buildings that have the tall and, and the big steeples and so forth. But you get to the square, they've got uh, several big monuments in the middle of the square that are the people that have been executed or killed for, for different reasons, but they were martyrs for the causes that they were uh, were fighting at the time. You had the old town hall there, which uh, you're able to go up in that tower and overlook, and the views are just incredible. And I'll try to describe this for our viewers, but you've got the, the, the old town hall on one side, which has the high tower, and then directly across from it, it's another church. It's the Gothic Church of old time i think time i might not be saying that right but it's got these it's very gothic it's the the dark stone uh, stone black and then you go up and you have the dark spires two twin towers but it's beautiful it's gorgeous so you're up there you so you get to the top of this one and you're looking at that one and and the the town square itself is beautiful so it's medieval architecture yes definitely medieval architecture the whole square is if you like gothic architecture it is is it, it is granite? Is it granite? What's the stone? It's know? a mixture. Yeah. It is actually. There's a ton of granite there, but yeah. there's also limestone that is just aged limestone that has like that old blackish grayish color to wow. it. A lot of cathedral. A lot of cathedrals. A lot of cathedrals. Um, a couple of churches just in that square. Yeah, just in that square, and a lot of you know, from a religious standpoint, things that's happened in that square are just great. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. people we just executed or whatever. Podcast episode Absolutely. on the stuff that happened. Absolutely. in that No, square. the history is. But that was another place we did one of the great tours. Right, and and that was the other thing. So we headed there because I'm trying to do this in a little bit of the, the order that we visit the city. Right, and as we've mentioned in other podcasts, we usually most of the the free tours, the Sandman tours, originate from the the city centers or the town squares, and that was the same here. So we headed that way to to get our Sandman tour, which was great. It took us through the the city, and and we learned a lot of the different churches and histories and and all the stuff you learn from those. One of the other really neat things there right by the city town hall, which is right there on the square, is they've got, it's called, if I can say it right, in Prague or Czech, is Prague Olaj. It ends with a J, so I'm not sure how to pronounce the J at the end of a sentence. But it's the astronomical <laughs> clock. Yeah. It's the third uh, oldest astronomical clock in the world and the oldest one that's still running. It was built in 1410. And it's wow. a beautiful clock up on the side of the building and has all the moving parts with the moon and the sun and, and all this done very artistically and, and with the hands moving. And it's all, I mean, it's an incredible clock. You have to be there for the changing of the hour. Yeah. Wow. So the sound? It's old. So yeah. what happens at the change oh, of the hour? The, the movements of everything there is. If you've been to any of these astronomical clocks, I mean, there's another. I guess I don't know if it's considered a national clock, but there's one in Venice that's phenomenal. But <laughs> the whole thing that comes out, there's moving parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just goes yeah, on. That's it's just mechanical. it's hard to describe and to know that it's been there for basically mm-hmm. six centuries. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. and still work. It's still, still working. Yeah. So are there individuals that are? In there constantly it's, working on it. This is all motorized. Now they maintain it, but you know it's, right. it's, it's, it's motorized. Right. And it literally goes off, and then the crowds gather on the hour, obviously. Yeah. So the whole that whole part of the square just fills up, and everybody's in there, you know, looking up at that the, the this, clock, and, this and then the little figures that go around and, and come yeah. out, and 
I mean, it's it's hard to describe, especially on podcast. I would say, yeah. You, so check what, out the video. Is, is, this one of the, is this one of the black kind of colored architectural features? No, it's very colorful. The blog itself is very colorful. Very colorful. Yes. Very colorful. Yeah. Like I said, I would hit the YouTube or Pinterest. Yeah, um, check out, too. We'll have a blog up on this. So we'll go, I have a couple of great pictures of the clock from wow. the hour. So Absolutely. So, so, yeah, if you go there, I mean, the town square is where you should start. No matter what, you got all the architecture, you've got the churches, you got the town square, the astronomical clock, and there's lots of restaurants, lots of shops. I mean, there's everything's there that you could possibly want. So. It is expensive eating and drinking, but it's a good place to be watch. Yeah, how's the food? Like I said, this is where you're gonna get okay food, uh, higher priced, but it's great people watching because there's just. Thousands of people walking by all the time. Mm -hmm. right. So yeah, it's it's good. We hung out there what a couple times. Yeah, yeah times. it's a good meeting spot. It's a good central location. But getting off to some of the other side streets and smaller neighborhoods, is you sort of flow through there. At least from where we stayed, you almost always flow through there, and then down, and just another couple blocks down is the uh, Charles Bridge and the river, which leads to a whole lot more restaurants and, and, and cool places to hang out. So so what, um, what do you think of the food there? I mean, can you characterize or? I thought it was great. Yeah. Well, is it, well I mean, but, but were there describe, different areas within the city where the food was better, different, anything of that sort in, within Prague? I mean, I mean, I, I think like Tony said, uh, in the square, where in the places that are, are capturing the more commercial that just they're there because it's there's a ton of people coming through and you can people watch. It's not that their food wasn't good, but they, they charge a little more. Once you sure. keep in mind, it's already cheaper than what we would normally pay or what our equivalency is. So, but if you get down a few blocks off here, left to right or whatever, however you want to say it, a couple of blocks, you get into, you know, there's similar dishes. They seem a little better. You got a little better atmosphere. You got a little better, Whatever the case what was, what was your local? favorite ethnic dish there? I, I can tell you mine for sure. I had it twice, and it's this unique little thing. I think they, they just call it pickled cheese. It has a name, check, but it's basically pickled cheese. So imagine a camembert-type cheese with an edible rind that then is in a, a, a pickling kind of oil with spices and peppers, right? Is it like an appetizer? Yes, it's how it's typically served. And it's just, I love camembert cheese anyway. And to me, it was just awesome. They, and they serve it with a toast. So you take this out, you take a big spread, and plus with the oil and the spices, and nice. I was just like, this is awesome. What do you drink? Beer? That goes on? to the typical right. check. And, and we're going to get into some yeah. of the beers and stuff, so you sort of gotcha. let us roll through some of this, oh, and we're going to hit yeah, all these types of things. There's a couple of specific check uh, drinks, too. Right. And, yeah. we, and we got, we're going to be talking about so, some beers, which is very big in, in Prague. So, that, that's what so the food, is it, is it kind of French? Is it European? Is it, It's probably more, I would say, German. Yeah, uh, I would say more brats and northern France yeah. meets right meets, meets, meets German. Germany. Okay, perfect. Okay, yeah. that's what I was thinking. All right, cool. Yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely. So, so we're heading down towards the Charles Bridge, which is a historic bridge. Uh, it, it, it spans the that lava river. I'm always still bad at that. But but the bridge was actually, and, and that leads over from the the old town square to where the Prague Castle is. So you see the Prague Castle. So the out 
the scenes is just beautiful. You got the river, you got this huge castle, which is the largest ancient castle in the world, sitting up on top of the hill there. So, and, so how are you? Sorry to interrupt. How are you traveling at this point? Are you bus or walking, walking or? Yeah, you're walking. walking. Yeah, and, and it's a totally pedestrian bridge. So the history of the bridge it goes back to the 1300s. Charles IV was the Holy Roman Emperor, and supposedly he laid the first stone. He was considered a numerologist, so he set the stone at, let me see if I can, and, and I did not bring my readers, uh, <laughs> but he set the first stone at 531 on the 9th of July, 1357, and that's a palindrome. When you turn that around, you got 1357 and then the nine. And then 7531 for the date and the time, or for the year. And because he believed in that, that supposedly ensured a long life and strength of the bridge and all this other stuff, which is still around today. So, uh, so obviously, it, not but that he's that's the reason. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that emphatically. But anyhow, it, it's a beautiful bridge. Absolutely. It's got 16 arches. So it's, it's one of those old style bridges. They've got 30 statues that line it and wow. of various Czech figures. You know, obviously made from, of, like what, what materials they're, are made they're, The statues are different. Yeah. Um, it depends. It's kind of like, well, it's also unfair, but like bridges in Paris. I mean, they're, they're different. They're, yeah. they're different. So even the statues on top of that bridge so are different materials than the unique. bridge. But they have, I mean, they may be made up of some of them. I can't swear because, I mean, it, Go through each one of them. I don't know enough of that story, yes. but they're yeah. each very unique. But it is—it's an experience itself. It's walking that bridge. It's like walking in a museum, and it's in the scenes, and, and that's what hopefully I'm doing a good job describing. First, when you're coming from the square side, you have these two big towers. You can picture the uh, tower of the London bridges. Mm-hmm. So you're walking yeah. through those. Those were sort of a security thing at, at one point, but now you go through them. And and just to get back to your question about how you're getting on it. In 1978, they, they did a study because they're because of flooding and different things that had done damage over the years. They wanted to make sure it was safe for uh, for buses and trains. They used to have a tram that ran across and all this. And at that point, they did repair it, and it was safe for all that stuff. But they decided to keep it pedestrian, so it has been pedestrian since 1978. But as as especially now, of course, as you're going back and forth, you got restaurants on on both sides of the bridge. You got the Castle up on the top, and then when you're coming back to where the towers are, you're going back up real close to the town square. So, I mean, it's just a great gathering place and, and great places to take pictures. We got some incredible pictures there. As you go over towards Prague Castle, well, that like I said, you get up to Prague Castle and, and it's beautiful. It's still where the president stays and the crown royals of Bohemia are stored there. And it is the considered the largest ancient, it was built in the ninth, started built was built in the ninth century so it's the oldest ancient and i'm not sure what the definition of ancient is castle in europe or maybe the world at seven hundred fifty thousand square feet oh, so it is huge we did a tour of it too yeah so is this roman inspired in the dark ages i'm just yes. yes uh it was very History. much during okay. uh like i said charles fourth was a holy roman empire emperor so right. he was actually out of Prague as opposed to out of Rome. So he's r- ruling the whole Holy Roman Empire, but out of Prague, which was what made him very significant to that, that region. Right. And that's why the, the bridge is named after That's why it's called Charles Bridge. Because you, you started mentioning arches and the Romans were 
yes, famous for their arches and their stuff. I will say, so one of, I think, again, we have some fabulous pictures. So, so there's, the, you can get great pictures of the Charles Bridge from anywhere on the river. Right. One of the best places and hard to find, but I will share it with you. If you're, if you're coming from the other side of the bridge coming into the old town area, as soon as you get through, like what Joe was talking through the towers, you turn right, and that's kind of like one of the main streets. Yeah, I don't remember the name of the street in check, but you could pass an ice bar, right? <laughs> you will. You'll pass that. You can't miss it. But as soon as you get past the ice bar, there's another little side street that takes you, like you're going to walk to the river. When you go down that, you'll go into, it looks like it's a club, and it, it's called Club Lafka. Mm-hmm. Okay. But this club is, is during the day. It's not a club. You know, it doesn't open up until midnight. But you go through it and you walk all the way through it. It's like two tiers, and it's it's like a this little labyrinth you got to walk through. And then you get to this little small little restaurant that's open during the day. That when you walk all the way through it, you're like walking back now towards the bridge. Mm. It's an outside deck, stone deck, right on the river. That's oh, right man. on the river, completely private. And you can see it from the bridge, so we wanted to get there, and we're trying to figure out how to get there, and that's what we had to go through to get to this restaurant. In my my reality, I was like, we're going to find this. I'm (laughs) telling you we're going to find it. I think I walked around that little section for a while, and I just walked into this bar, and I'm like, all right, I got to find this. And the lady goes, just point it. (laughs) So we just walked, and then you walk outside of these doors, and boom, you're right on the patio, and it's just incredible. Yeah, Is it lit? Just the, well, it is at night. That's what I'm saying. There's the the views are phenomenal where we're at. But where we were at, so you get to see where they have like a little kind of a dam section. So the water's overflowing, and you're looking up at the Charles Bridge because you're oh, down wow. you're down at the water level. You're also private, and it's a, I mean it's all you know 14th century stone. It's all the statuary lit. Yeah, it is at night. Oh my it's god, just gorgeous. It's beautiful. Uh, but this is one of those places that we were talking about. I mean, some of the pictures we got from there in the evening, and we were just chilling, having happy hour. I need we were, to see we were just drinking beers and ordering drinks and having just all kinds of just small plates. We just kept ordering food. We were there for a few hours. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. It's so great. I mean, that's I would say highly recommend if you if you go, you got to find that location. What's it called? Ian? Club Lafka is the name of the club, but the restaurant I, I don't know if it has a separate name. I mean, I really don't. In, and so I'm sorry. Did you say this is the one that opened at midnight? Yeah, the club opens the later. The club, but the, the restaurants are there. We were there during yeah. the day. Yeah. The, the, the outside on the river. But still. It's a European the, club. They don't open until at least. The club time. opens at midnight, so I'm I'm guessing it closes at 6 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m. That's funny. That's not usually, a lot of times you got places that close early, but I mean, did everybody dress really beautiful at, you know, at night to go out to the disco type deal? Yes, late. Late. Not the late, very late night crowd. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So anyhow, so that's the town square side of the bridge. You go to the other side of the bridge, and keep in mind, the Czech Republic was obviously communist from 68 through, I think it was 88 or 89. And we'll get some perspectives on that from from a guy who led a food tour. But what I'm I'm trying to get to now is there's a, a wall dedicated to John Lennon. And around when he was shot in 1980, this wall, they and this was while it was still communist, they started doing graffiti as a tribute to John Lennon. So it became known as Lennon's Walk. Because what would happen is the, the students there would go and write whatever they write on it, you know, all the Beatles stuff and John Lennon stuff and, and Imagine and all that stuff. 
And then the communists would come there. Of course, they were pissed. And then they would whitewash it. Well, as soon as they put it down, they'd come back and put it back up again. And it got to the point they could not keep up with whitewashing the wall. And it started to stand. And then the graffiti just got stronger and stronger and stronger. So it's it's become a a monument to the rebellion against communism there. And then right around the corner from there is a Beatles bar, which has a, and if you're being, I'm a big Beatles fan. Mm. So it's really cool for me, but even, but everybody went there and enjoyed it because they got a lot of paraphernalia. They got the, the old the, uh, red inside it, uh, English telephone booth. And we got some nice pictures from there and all kinds we of things. like eight people inside of a telephone booth. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so it was just a cool place to go, cool bar. But the linen wall I thought was really cool coming out of the communism cool. and, and that type of stuff. And it's a really big wall. Uh, and so it's just neat. It's just I really do nice. like the linen, uh, or I guess it's Beatles or lemon kind of, or lemon uh, Beatles bar, bar, I think, or bar. Yeah. Pub. It was really, really, really cool. I mean, it's an old Czech bar that just happens to be decorated more with the Beatles things. But, I mean, it's got a really good vibe. It has a little exactly. small courtyard buried inside of it. Really cool tables. It's a really cool bar. It's a really good vibe, and it's 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 only about a block off of the water. Right. It's just a great little location. But yeah, it's, it's good place. I was glad I saw uh, Terry and, and Lee and Jim Reed had gone a couple of year a year or so before, or maybe even early that year, and they went there. I was like, I got to go there just because I like the Beatles. But yeah. Tony's right. I mean, the inside's totally Beatles, but on the outside, it's just a nice little courtyard. Sit out, and that's where we end up sitting. It was just peaceful and relaxing, and just like he said, a good vibe, good atmosphere. Yeah, nice. So you've got good stuff on both sides of the of the bridge is where I'm going with that. We mentioned the Prague Castle. I, I'd like to get now, uh, and I understand, unfortunately, this foodie tour doesn't exist anymore. Can I mention it? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. On the on the um, the castle part. Okay. Yeah. It's really, really cool. They also do a changing of the guard, yes, mm. which is really neat. Cool. We did the, the tour of the day, um, so you had to be at there at a certain time. But it, anytime you go to any place that has a castle, they do a changing of the guard. I recommend it. Yes. It's just kind of oh, everybody's yeah. unique, you know. We just uh, when we were in Greece and Athens, right? That was kind of crazy and quirky. You know, you see, <laughs> I mean, because everybody has their own march, their own. What was the uniforms like? And the uniforms. Check out the picture up on the site. That's the only way I can say. I mean, their their uniform is uh, it, it definitely feels like a European, Eastern European uniform. And like really, Greece was very kind of this old. Oh, I don't even know how to describe that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yes, curious. I like weaponry. I mean, in terms of they, they have a particular rifle. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But it was just a unique experience just to kind of watch the changing of the guard. I mean, it's very gray with long rifles. I was, was going to say gray or green. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's just kind of cool to, to see the the, the pops and circumstance that kind of goes on with something like that. Just the way they march. But again, it, it's just a cool place to see. And again, so from the restaurant, we're talking about the Club Lafka place. Right. You can see the castle right. up across. Oh, yeah. so the castle is very ominous, let's be clear. Yeah. It's, it's on the hill across the bridge, and it right. towers over everything. But it, it's worth the tour. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the most fabulous castle I've ever yeah. seen. I mean, it, 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 I, it's I, very unique. And there's a cool museum up there. Remember, we went through that. It has all, like, has mold armory and stuff from five, six hundred years ago. So you had to walk through that. So there's a good part of that tour that it, it definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of good things there. I will say, and, and I'm not trying to be critical, there are a lot of good things of the castle, but from a distance, I mean, it is beautiful, it's gorgeous. And I guess when I got there and got in, or at least the parts that we were able to go, I was 
I was expecting a little right, more, yeah. so, but that's just, you know, an American with high expectations. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, to me, I compare it to like going to England and expect you're going to go and walk through Parliament and, you know, in and out of Big Ben and right. you still just do that. Right, right. You, exactly. you, you don't get, get to, to go and see stuff. it from the outside and you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't get to do like a... <laughs> so, so at the castle, 750,000 square feet it's and you guys did a tour. So, it, did you get a sense of um, what what the entire castle is used for? How, like, how many people live there? Anybody live there at all? Or yeah, is I think it just yeah, the, the president still lives there. The president lives there. Lives there. Okay. It's passed and now the president. Yeah. Which is why I think we get a limited, um, yeah, you get a limited aspects to it. Yeah. So, you're, you're more on the outskirts of it. And uh, I'm almost looking view it as like a fairground at some point. You know, the people are out there selling stuff and you get like was there a move? Was it defensive? Like, See, I look at things in terms of military, and it's like you know, is this a defenseful position? No, it's just up on a hillside. No, yeah. I mean, it's at some point it was. That's why they yeah. on the hill. But it's interesting. So much now. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't like. Versailles, where you could kind of go in and like yeah, see yeah, everything. Not at all. I haven't been to Versailles. Was that's I think you, you you go to some of those places and you expect a, a lot more. And it's right. not that this wasn't good; it just wasn't Versailles. Right. You, you weren't able to access all well, of them. Right. And I guess Shelley and Tony, the ones that actually found this through TripAdvisor, we, we booked a foodie tour that was absolutely incredible. And this guy not only led us to a lot of good places, which Shoney's going to talk about, but he also grew up and lived in communism and saw the transition from communism to democracy. And that, there's some good stories there. So I'll sort of let Tony wow. take it from Yeah, it was, it was really cool. So it was called Taste of Prague. And yeah, I wish Shelly was here for this one because uh, she did a great write-up on TripAdvisor and just got tons and tons of comments on it. But it, it was that awesome i mean she felt like she needed to write about it it was we went to five i think different locations five or six 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 six, I say six. six with a dessert place yep. so this was about a five hour tour yeah. walking tour and walked through one train and, yeah. and and i love these guys and again they, they're no longer doing it they i think end up having additional to their family right. and decided that they just can't just keep the pace but he, they were doing two a day you know and it was but my God, it was one of the best food tours you ever did. And that was, I think we mentioned before, it was one of those unique things that we stopped and did a wine tasting at this fabulous little wine bar. We went to a fresh butcher, for example, where almost like a fresh delicatessen where they brought out just like little small samples. But of you see them cut up. The meat, doing it right in the front meat of cutters us. are in the back, right? Yeah, and then they took us to a, a more of a high-end restaurant. And this is where I think Jim mentioned in the past, talking about the freshness of the beer. When people think about Czech beer, I mean, Pilsner Arkell is hands down the, the top beer. There's several great beers over there, but it's so fresh that they bring it in in vats. I mean, they hook it up like a tanker truck. Right. If you get, if you can picture <laughs> like here, and this is what we thought, they had the big stainless steel tank there. So I just thought that that restaurant made their own beer, just sort of like here. He's like, oh no, no, no. And then he pointed to the date on there. If you can picture, if, if people that still have oil heat or propane heat, and the truck comes with the, the gas truck comes with the hose and hooks it up and then pumps it in, that's what they do. They have beer trucks that are instead of an oil truck or gas truck. And come and pump it into wow, the really? tank fresh that, and it's never more than two or three days old that's crazy and there's no appearance there's no uh yeah. 
preservatives. It's all about freshness. Freshness. It's freshness. The guy literally came in with chalk and writes on the side of the stainless steel tank date time that it was delivered. And that's the huge difference. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, well, uh, we got and it. it is mostly Pilsner account. Yeah, it's in the big Pilsner places. originated in, in Czech. Just so you understand. Yeah, yeah so, that's one of the funny things. And that's one of the things, too, on the tour. It was really unique. So everybody's familiar with Budweiser. Well, the original Budweiser is in the Czech Republic. Right. And they have a brand yeah. called Budweiser. It's not our Budweiser. And they're not allowed to, like, Budweiser that we know is not allowed to be called Budweiser in the Czech Republic. Over there. Right? It's, it's Budweiser American or American Budweiser. Like that. That. Are we going to have to edit this out of our podcast? No, no, no. <laughs> We're okay to say this. It, so what ended up happening, and, you know, there was nothing wrong with it back in the day, but I guess it was Anheuser. But when right. he came over, it to he went through there, and he loved the recipe, and he brought it back, and that's what ended up becoming Budweiser. American Budweiser. But Budweiser is Budweiser over there. It is Budweiser. It's, it's our own Budweiser. It's, Budweiser. it's the original. Budweiser. It is the original over there. And and that's got to taste different, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, that's the style of beer. That, that's what we came right. from there. So when you think about the Pilsner Kells and stuff, it all comes from that general line of beers. But So so when we're – I mean, do you have any sense – of like the volume that they're pumping into when you guys are talking about they're pumping into steel wow. tanks is this are you, are you talking about a steel tank you saw in a restaurant or in a bar or this a, is a restaurant I have, again it? there's pictures so when you go to like i said the place that uh jim and i were talking about like the the at the two cats that was below us yeah they had copper ones okay it was pilsner cow and it was really cool. So when but you they walk didn't in, make it there. No, 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 no. Yeah, this is so when you walk in, and this is really cool too about the restaurants. If you want to sit at a table, your beer was what one ninety, I think. But if you were standing, it's one fifty. So if you want to take up a table and you're not going to eat, we're going to charge you more for your beer. But if you want to stand, so we just stood. Yeah, of course. <laughs> You stand there long enough and you get to know them well enough, then you sit at the picnic table with the employees. <laughs> <laughs> so you, your best advice is get in with the local. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's it. When we get to yeah, that, the quest, question is, is what, once you get to sit with the employees at the yeah, picnic table, do you, do, you get the, do you get the same price? Oh, that's a crazy story. But anyway, All right. All right. real quick, with the food thing, though. So this guy, these guys were awesome. I mean, the wine... The desserts, we went across the bridge, we went to so many places. But again, they were awesome. But like Jim was mentioning, one of the unique things is how much the guy shared, right? Talking about growing up through communism, the conversion from communism. And so his dad was really, really wealthy in communism because he did stuff on the black market. Videos, for example, just videos, just VHS tapes. He was like in the market, man. He was doing all this stuff. It so was, was he taking a risk? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what he was. I mean, he actually was... got arrested a couple times. It was just one of these things that it was worth it for his family to try to make money, right? So, but it was just, it was a great four hours hanging out with him and just listening to these stories. And one of the things that we, I, at least really stood out to me was him talking about healthcare. And he just cracks up, you know, because they, you know, we always think, oh, European healthcare, blah, blah, blah. They, they take care of everything. It's free. And he goes, look, the difference is, he goes, one of my best friends is a doctor. And I go, I go over, I'm like, dude, I'm sick. I'm coughing. I need some drugs. He goes, you're, you have a cold. Drink some orange juice. Go to bed. And stop bothering me. This is not sick. You're not sick. I'm not paying for anything. Go away. 
we're here, we go to the doctor, we're sick, or cold. Well, here's 13 different kinds of cough syrup you can get. Let me give you 25 different antibiotics. And it's right, just right. Like, right? Yeah, here's your Z pack, you go away. This is a difference, right? So, yeah, it's free, but they're like, hey, dude, if you're cold, go away. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is my best friend. He won't give me nothing. <laughs> see, that's, see, that's the value of going to find out what how the other people live. I yeah, mean, you it, know, it's like you get it a, it was a awesome. perspective. I mean, I, I, now we should say we're not recommending that you ignore your doctor's. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was just talking about the <laughs> in the U.S. What we perceive as drink orange juice instead of drinking yeah, Z-pack. This is yeah, yeah. it's kind of taking a little bit more, but <laughs> again, the the whole point was. These tours, and we've talked about it time and time again, and this one became highly recommended, and we recommended it to the point that they stopped doing it. But they just shared so much, and it was with a local who had been there forever, and, and, and just sharing. Like when we went up to the end of the tour, like one of the tours, so what is the, I don't forget what it is, and I, I feel terrible, not remember this, but when communism got overthrown, mm. and they were doing it from that building, mm. this end of the, that one square. Oh, yeah. And uh, I have to look that up, and I will share that. I put it, on, I put it in the on the, uh, the the blog. But they were just talking about it. I mean, it, up there, and, you, and you, we walked up to that building where there's balconies, and when they were literally overthrowing the whole communism aspects, and that they said that the, the crowds that filled now there's a, a a trolley, like a streetcar that goes through there, which we took, which was really cool. This too. We had to walk there, yeah, walked us through there, about and they were explaining what was happening in that square at that time. Again, that's going to be just amazing. Not part of a normal food tour, right? right. So, you get so much more insight. Yeah, so I mean that I mean, was incredible. <laughs> that and I was just about to ask you about the food, and then you started telling me about that, and I forgot about the food. Now yeah, I want to hear more the, about the food. It was incredible, but just to, to back up to the, I want to give some contrast to what he went through. Right. One, when we were up at that wine uh, tasting, and he was pointing out this in communism, everything was just gray, everything was concrete, square, no architecture, and, and just a dank color. And this whole community now they had vibrant pastels you just like how this whole whole area has come to life wow the biggest thing that was that was crazy is when they in i guess it was 88 or 9 when when, when all this changed when they got their first mcdonald's mm, really? and everybody all the checks were dressing up in in their best outfits suits everything else because well let me back up a little bit and why because what, what obviously was, under, was this it was either 88 or 89 Keep in mind, you're in communism. Everybody's paid the same. Yeah. There's no incentive, so nobody gave a shit. Customer service was not. They didn't care. You went and whatever you ordered, you get it here, whatever. Mm -hmm. They they do not care. So by going to McDonald's, the reason they dressed up is because they got somebody that served them and said thank you. Wow. That they actually cared. Did these little things that, especially McDonald's, were like <laughs> okay. <laughs> But that was a big deal and was for a long time. You know what that is? They did not have that because that's what happens when everybody's paid the same. It doesn't and matter. There's no incentive. This is, this is your this guy. This is our guy who lived through it. Yeah. Wow. That's an incredible testimony of history. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it is. It's living history. This guy it is living. Oh, he lived through and it. I can tell you that the, the most astounding thing to me sitting here as somebody who's grown up in the United States is – our experiences is that's what we expect. It's like if I go oh, yeah. to a restaurant, I mean, McDonald's, I, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's almost the least standard that I hold 
Exactly. Anybody too when I go to a restaurant. I think that's what amazed us. That's because we that's felt that really, way. That was incredible. That was the first, that was the first exposure. Time. Exposure to just the how, public. Uh, how what customer service supposed to be? Holy cow! Yeah, but this is really cool. Though. Yeah. I, so yeah, so I don't I don't know how to if I'm supposed to chalk that up to just being a bit privileged, you know, in the United States or. If it's that just that, shows you how communism, when, when there's no incentive, then nobody can get ahead and yeah. say no matter what you do, and people do even less. Yeah, that's an incredible. Test I would say this. Yes, do but, we live in a, 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 yeah. a privilege? But sure. The, the the biggest lesson for me would be again tours, meeting with locals, hanging out with people who have been there, done that, and grew up through those types of things. You'll learn more. Hands down, and oh, that really. anything you'll ever read here in their stories, right? I mean, so that's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, what's so fascinating to me about travel is the fact that if you go and you try to learn somebody else's experiences in life and then measure them against your own, you learn immensely. And those are the lessons of travel. And travel is not you have to go and and experience other people's lives. Let them let them tell them your stories, and, you know, and you tell them yours, and it's like it's the number one reason. I yeah. think that everybody should travel. Absolutely. It, it, it makes the world smaller. That's it. It makes you understand that there's so many things that were not different. You can empathize. Yeah, and you can empathize. And, and if more people in our United States would travel, exactly. I think they would have a better understanding of what's going on in the world. I'm not saying that as judgmental. I'm just saying that's a no, recommendation. It's, it's right? a fact. Just within our own country, if you leave your own state, your own county, and go visit right. the rest of your own state or your neighboring states or across the, the country, see how other people see, live, rather than just judging based off of what you read or what yeah. you hear. Go so just some of the less fortunate, the, the people that are struggling a bit more, and it would be, we could be a group of people here doing a podcast guys that aren't as fortunate as as what we are, and but but we're. We are. I think we're a group of fortunate people. So, you know, when we look at the the individuals that we're talking about in these other countries, whether they're local, other countries, whatever, and, and what you guys are talking about here, and I hear this story about what was happening happening with a McDonald's and, and why people went there and why they dressed up. It's just to me, it's it, a lesson. It, 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 it makes me stop. I think, it and, makes and me I'm going to butcher the, the quote from Einstein. He sort of said something to the fact that the more I learn, the less I realize I actually know. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the case. The more we travel, you see how other way people did it, have done it for thousands right. of years, been very successful, even though it's not the way we might do it or whatever. The less I, I, I the smaller I, it's not that I become small, I actually become bigger, but realize how small I am and how little I actually know and, yeah. and, and need to open my mind that much more. It was one of the most, I mean, it's one of the reasons we talk about a lot. It's one of the best tours I've ever taken. It was one of the most memorable tours I've ever taken. I get, was it? It was like five of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's so. you and, and Teresa and me and Shelly and, and Eric, I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah and, um, but it was just awesome. I mean, the food, and, and, and the food we even talked about the food. Yeah, <laughs> right. It was fantastic. Fabulous. The desserts at the end. Oh, my God. Right. He took us to this uh, pastry place to end it up, and I don't even know how to describe this. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, so we talk about food, so I want to mention one other thing. So we always know we talk about Hemingway everywhere we go, and that was a big thing. We went to the Hemingway bar, <laughs> and I remember one of the cool things, too, you have to touch on this. There was a restaurant. It's an Italian restaurant in Prague. That's only about a block away from the Hemingway Bar. It was called the 
Riso, Risotano Italiano, I think. It's literally a block from it. Like, I, 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 I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, it, was it was so great. good. You open up in a little courtyard, and the food was fantastic. Fantastic. Was sort of just fantastic. Did Hemingway sort of, like so, so can you tell me a little bit about the food? I mean, other than the pizza was great, the pasta was great, everything about it was great. It was just one of those it's things. That was that, it was one of those. We weren't expecting something good, and we got great. It was yeah. one of those hidden treasures. And um, I know we're bubbling against time, so I just want to mention no, that. No, that. And, and um, so again, that was right around the corner from the Hemingway Bar. So if you're in that area, you have to go. Of course, again, we always want to hit anywhere in the Hemingway. And I can't, I don't even, we were talking about the stick. We can't figure out where we went. So this is, a just I think, a lesson to explore and don't be afraid to peek your head into a hidden corner. Somewhere between our little triangle where we, <laughs> we were staying and the Charles Bridge, there's tons of little side streets. We were meandering. We had... Uh, a couple of our friends, mm-hmm. you know, uh, TJ and TJ the, and Michelle, yeah, TJ and Michelle, which joined us from California. California. So we had a whole group. We were just meandering around, and we're just walking down the street, and there was this like awesome little like portico. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. We had like a courtyard in the back, and we didn't know there was anything in there. They didn't even have great signage like this was a restaurant. We just meandered back, and this lady came out. Next thing you know, she sets us down at a table. We're kind of in this. It reminded me of a Roman type thing. Like it's stone and in this little amphitheater type setting. And we just sat there for hours and ate. So didn't even plan on eating. We were yeah. just walking and she invited us in and we sat down and drank wine. Sure and some ovations were had. <laughs> but it was just one of those moments where we were sitting there and we were like, wow, this is Fantastic. Gorgeous weather, gorgeous food, fabulous drinks. And it was just so awesome. can I just like say the best part of travel is to connect with these people, share food, share drink, and just experiences. Yeah. Absolutely. Just make connections. Travel experience. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry. I want in. So what was your favorite way to travel around the city? Was it mostly walking? Did you do did you do any of the boat traveling at all? No, we saw them, and okay. down on the river there was a lot of boat tours, and, and we thought about it, but we, we yeah. didn't. And I would say that to do Prague again, I would, would, wouldn't mind doing a little bit of boat tours and hitting some of the outskirts area, but there is, I mean, in four or five days, I still don't feel like we touched oh, so you'd all go back, the So you'd problem. go back again. In a heartbeat. Oh, absolutely, in a heartbeat. It's on my list. There's like uh, 10 districts in Prague, or did you guys hit, you know, two or three, two yeah, out, two out. So you have so Prague one is considered historic district, I do believe, or the castle or the bridge. It's or, either Prague one, Prague two. So when you look at it on a map, I mean, there uh, the, the river kind of cuts right through it, and the historic district is on kind of on the right, and uh, the castle is over on the left. I mean, once you get outside of that, that's when you get into some of the other districts. So. Yeah. Okay. And I, don't, I, I, and I can't say enough. I don't know enough about those yet. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. So we, we will explore. I, I, we will we explore definitely explore it. It's a great city. The beer's great. The food's great. Travel ends easy. Walking around's excellent. We actually left by a bus to go to Munich, and getting to the bus station was very easy, and that was uh, simple. a simple way to get out. So it's it's a great city in the city. Do you feel safe the whole time? 
I never thought twice about anything. Yeah, I, I read a little bit about that, and uh, there there were some uh, some comments about safety, but the majority of them was just really what you said. It was just like you, you felt really safe. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I don't. I don't, I don't remember anything coming up. Now it was just pickpockets uh, so or things here and there, but you, you get that anywhere. But but so it one was, quick story it was more. That. We were talking about the country roads. We mentioned I was getting ready times. to bring that in. So, okay. you know, at the Two Cats, the place we were doing, so the, the last night before we head off to Munich to go drink more beer in Oktoberfest, we said, well, let's just meet downstairs. We're going to have a, a beer at this place before, and then we'll go to bed. Well, one beer led to a few. Then, so they had a picnic table they would bring out and put it right on the front. Well, at 11 o'clock, they had to pull the picnic table away because it's – you know, it's, it's a local's place, and they want loudness, so they pulled the picnic table away. They're like, come on inside. So we're okay. So we come inside. We're Now we're standing at the bar, and we're still drinking Pilsner. And then the guy just says, here, come, sit. So there's a one picnic table inside, back towards the bathrooms, around the corner of the bar. And it was just me, Terry, and Lee, I think. Yeah, I was sitting down at that point. And next thing you know, people from the kitchen come, and they're sitting at the table. So we figured this out. This was actually the staff table. And I mean, none of them spoke English. So we're having these awesome conversations over Pilsner Raquel, trying to figure out what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> and it was just fine, right? And you know, you can't communicate over time, you just kind of just talk. Do something. And, and this and this guy with you know an accordion keeps coming up and asking to play songs because that's what they do. They're going around the restaurant side, because there's a restaurant side. They do have great food there, by the way. And he comes up and we're like, no, 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 Well, Terry gets up and goes to the restroom. And the guy comes back and goes, one more song. Right. Okay, what do you got? He breaks into country road. <laughs> <laughs> or an accordion. At midnight, yeah. in the middle of Prague. I was like, are you kidding? Terry was like, I almost peed on myself because I was, <laughs> I was trying to get it back out and go, what? <laughs> so he comes right out of the bathroom to catch the back half of Country Roads while this guy is singing. And what was great is the guys who couldn't speak English at all the table they were all singing it. it. Yep. Wow. That was awesome. Okay, so for our listeners out there that may not know, if you're listening to our podcast right. for the first time, Country Roads, Take Me Home, West Virginia. That's, right. you know, we're Shepherdstown, West answer. Virginia. Everywhere we go, it seems, around this world, Country Roads by John Edwards yeah, seems to get played. And, and here we have it in Prague, in the bar at an employee's picnic table because, because Tony was drinking too much and they put him at a table to get him out of the way. <laughs> well, and the guy comes back <laughs> with funny. an accordion and plays Country Roads. That's, uh, that's pretty So funny. wherever you travel, ask anybody and everybody to sing Country Roads. And odds are they, they will sing. Well, those right. Right. It usually odds happens they they by asking. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's that's a great way to, to wrap up on Prague. Is, is there any other comments before we uh, uh, end the podcast for this this day? Yeah, go. Jim, Jim Wassel, thanks for joining Jim, us. Thank, thank you. Thanks, thanks for having us. me. Walt, Brian, Tony. So if you get to Prague, Central Europe, great. Great Pilsners, great food. Great scenes, medieval, gothic, all that stuff. It's fantastic. Once again, we're Friends of Carry On. Reach us at friendsofcarryon.com on Facebook and internet at friendsofcarryon.com. And our affiliates today, if you're looking to, to rent a vacation home, reach out to Verbo or HomeAway 
or if you have a property and you want to list it for people to rent uh, in, in your location, they're a great way to go and get out to millions of people. Thanks from the friends that carry on, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Peace. Peace. Be sure to join the friends next week with another great podcast. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. You can also find the friends and other content on www.friendsthatcarryon.com or check us out on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching Friends That Carry On. Thanks again for joining us. And don't forget to carry on, friends.